Welcome, I'm Luca Reedy, the host of the Feeling Alive podcast. Thank you for being here. Look, I'm going to be straight up honest here. Right now, we are a race desperately seeking fulfillment and truth in our life. And I, for one, have been in the depths of emptiness myself. And let me tell you this, it can get dark down there, but you can get out of it. So I've made it my mission to bring you guests that are inspiring, thought-provoking, and even radical in their belief systems, which are going to leave you feeling empowered, fulfilled, and ready to leap into your true self. It's time to awaken to a new way of being. Your true potential exists right now. You only need to go and find it. And before we get stuck into this next episode, I wanted to just take a short bit of your time and let you know what I've got offered for people listening to this now. So I'm very passionate about healing the emotions, very passionate about giving you a platform to start seeing your truth. And so what I have decided to do is get some more information out there that will be able to help you on that journey, that self-discovery journey. So I've got a free five-day course with an ebook called Changing Your Reality, which is talking about the mechanisms that are in your environment and within you that are holding you back or stopping you from getting to your destination, to your dream goal, to your ideal future, your ideal reality. And the ebook goes into the depths of it. There's also a fielding meditation. And this is created based on my own experience of looking at my own energy and doing the healing of my past, which was creating a conditioned program that could only limit me a specific environment or a specific manifestation of a reality based on all the shit that I've carried on my past and when I realized that I could disconnect and I I started to learn about the mechanisms that was making that happen I started shaking that shit because that's not how I want to live when I bring my kids into this world or how I want to be interacting with my family and friends in the future and on that note I've also decided to open up to some limited spaces for mentoring so one-on-one mentoring where we go on this energetic guidance over eight weeks and we do use the quantum world and we we heal the past and we heal the story that's been holding us back and make sense of us to give us meaning and not only that we I give you accountability coaching to help you work towards your goals and what action you need to take in the right direction and not any old action that's the right action in the right direction so finding your alignment and then also using my spirituality and my understanding of consciousness and the universe and interjecting that into your life so you can start seeing more meaning on a daily basis. And so I've got a limited amount of spots and this is gonna be for an eight week course, eight week program with weekly Zoom calls. Um, I'm in Bali so it has to be Zoom, but if you are in Bali or you're in Bali during that eight week period, more than welcome to do them in person. They're just as effective and I can help you break down the barriers, break down the limiting beliefs, break down the conditioned program and help you find more meaning on the way to your goals and dreams. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce this next episode very shortly, which is powerful. And if you resonate with that, then you can see, you can take the next action and see down in the show notes for uh, more information. So thank you very much and enjoy this episode. Welcome back to another episode of Feeling Alive with Luca Reedy. I'm here with my co-host, the best host. The best host. <laughs> your hostess, Danielle Kettlewell. <laughs> We're doing a podcast today on my lessons from the big The Brave Retreat. 
the bravest of men attended this retreat. Let me tell you that right now. Uh, I came back a new man, came back with new energy, came back with new wisdom, came back with a new power. And I think it is my deepest responsibility to share this knowledge and share this wisdom with others now. Um, there's a new, uh, what do you call it? Fire. Fire beneath yeah. me, like a pep in my step. Um, I'm, I'm ready to take on some great things and take on go to the next level and so I want to talk about how I actually got this new energy how I got to this point and what the process was like and this retreat is something that every man should be doing mm. this is a men's only retreat but however there are uh, uh, there is another retreat Timmy's partner Sammy does a women's retreat yeah I think you didn't mention too the brave was with Tim Morrison Oh. He didn't mention See, Tim. That's why I'm now the co-host. Yeah, the host. clearly. So this retreat job. was called The Brave. It was seven-day immersion in North Bali with Tim Morrison. Uh, I've also just published a podcast with him as well on how the ego works, which was something that we dived into on this retreat. Mm. And, and it was insane, absolutely insane. Like it is the, I'm going to say, the best but hardest thing I've done. Before that, it was a Vipassana. I used to say that before. This is harder than Vipassana, you think? Yeah. Oh so for those God. that don't know, Vipassana so is a 10-day silent retreat where you meditate for 12 hours a day. So, and yeah, I have absolutely no connection to the real world. Yeah, um, so there's still no distractions. So that's, that's pretty intense. Yeah, this, wasn't, this retreat wasn't silent. It was for less mm. days. But you were offline, the, I think, too, I was which offline. was really powerful because, um, especially in the work that we're doing, we're always online, which... You know, yeah. we have boundaries, but um, I think that probably allowed you to go deeper. So, like, even me and Luca didn't have any contact all week, and I was kind of... Which was challenging. Yeah, especially because we, you know, if you guys don't know, me and Luca have kind of been traveling for seven months, and we pretty much spend every day together. I like how every week it goes to the next month. <laughs> it's like, I'm pretty sure we're saying we've been on the road for five months, like, just yesterday. It's <laughs> just skipped And now seven. it's seven months. Okay, whatever it is, we've oh, been on the September road. September 1. Since so what September is that? 3rd. September 3rd, that's so, right. Yeah, so September. we've been on the road and been together pretty much every single day. Um, and like we, and not just like together, we like work beside each other and, mm. you know, a lot of stuff. So being apart for a week was challenging, but also really good for our relationship yeah. as well. And um, if you'd like me to take the reins, Mr. Host. Yes, I've let them go. <laughs> My tight hold on the reins. Um, which you've done this week. I think... <sighs> Odd from so if anyone's listening to this and it has um, a partner that is male, like I honestly cannot recommend like encouraging your partner to do men's work enough because mm. it is so powerful for relationships in general and as well like you know females to do their own work but I think that's more naturally inclined within females mm. in this world men's work is kind of starting to emerge which is amazing because it really 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 needs to exist out there but I reached a point you know a few months ago with everything between me and Luca and we have a beautiful relationship but I kind of reached a point where I realized and, and so many women feel this way they want to save their partner right yeah. because you know you've been through a lot and I wanted to save you and I wanted to heal you and I wanted to love you so much yeah. that it would be okay and I wanted you to let down all of your walls to me and so many women are in this spot they totally. want to save their man 
Um, and I kind of realized I was like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna do that with me. And I knew at this point we knew you're gonna go on the retreat, and I, I just had this knowing that you were gonna go through this process and release something that you couldn't do within my realm, which has, yeah. which isn't a reflection of our relationship. And I know it's not a reflection that you don't love me and trust me, but it's just the power of that is men's a work. A safe that container is, of yeah, men. A safe container men. of men. Um, so men go into tough mode when they're yeah. around girls because that's what they've got to do, right? They've got to be the protector. Mm. And so that's the beauty of Tim's work and this retreat is mm. there ain't no females around and you don't have to be tough. Yeah. And let me tell you, we were very vulnerable. Mm. Very yeah. vulnerable. And you just you feel like you have permission to do that because this modern world doesn't allow men to, you know, on a general level to have mm. the permission to be vulnerable which yeah. is needed but it's it's beautiful that Tim and other people and yourself are doing things to shift that and um, yeah so as a female like I can't recommend you know encouraging if you have a male partner to you know enough to do that because it is really powerful for for your relationship and um, I guess oh, it's it, it was such a trans transformational week for you. It's kind of hard to to start. You've got to try and guide me down the path <laughs> of like discovering what it actually. Yeah, happened. I think like just to start off with, like what were your hesitations going inward? What what did you think that it was going to be like going yeah. into the retreat, and what how was it different, or was it like you expected it to be? You know, what was it kind of look like? Because us from the outside, you go in, you go into this week, you completely transform, you come out, and everyone's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. "What the heck did you do?" At least Vipassana, you're like, "Okay, well, I meditated." But what did you do? Like, what so, transformed you? Okay, cool. That's a good question. So, just to preframe everything, so Tim Morrison is from Perth. Uh, we're originally from Perth. And we've been familiar with his work in the like men's work for a while, and he also does cacao ceremonies, which we've attended two of his mm. um, cacao and sound immersion ceremonies, which are epic. And so I'd actually heard about this guy for a while um, and just following him on social media. And then the opportunity came up where he was doing... One of my mates went to his retreat last, last year in August, and he said it was just like the deepest thing he's ever done, the be- the craziest thing he's ever done and the best thing he's ever done. And I'm just like, shit, I think I gotta go. <laughs> and um, and I and so I, as it came up, I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this. And I didn't really understand what was there, but I just knew that the work on uh, releasing old trauma, releasing old wounds, stepping into your power, healing the past, which is everything that I want to do anyway and everything that I, is my, my path right now is how I serve and is how I understand the world around me is through the process of healing. And if those of you who haven't heard my story, I've got some shit to I've got some shit to release. Like I've released a lot and the transformation that happens when you release this shit is phenomenal. You show up as a different mm-hmm. man. The man I'm speak that is showing that is showing up right now speaking on this podcast is a very different man ten years ago mm-hmm. when he was in the thick of his trauma. And so this retreat came up and I thought, cool, one week diving deep with Tim, I have no idea what's going to happen. I didn't really understand, like, because the, the whole thing with the whole retreat was he didn't want us to know what was going on. So he did like a, in like the itinerary, he put like a, 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 an est, a, like a rough plan yeah. up for what one day would look like, but he would never let us know until that the the session before of what's next mm. so we were always guessing so he was putting us in the known because we're trying to control stuff mm. we're trying like we're trying so to it's very in the masculine right 
yeah, we're all we all are. We're all trying yeah. to control it. What what's next? What time is it so we can prepare ourselves mentally for it? Yeah. So he took that away from us. So he, I didn't even really know. Like he has a rough idea of what's happening, rewilding rewilding the masculine. He gives mm. us like an idea of what's happening, and roughly you know what's happening when you sign up for this, mm. but you don't know what the activities are mm. or the exercises are. So going into it, I was just anxious because I could feel my body was ready to like bring up something deep, some deep stuff, and. Mm. Um, what it ended up being was the deepest work I've ever done. Like, for those of you who don't know, I've gone on a very deep mission over the last 18 months. Two years have been on this journey, like, deep. Um, and 18 months, probably, like, just going going all in. Uh, and I like to go forward and figure out what's limiting me from stepping into my greater self because mm. it's all from the past. We're just hanging, like everyone knows this, we're carrying a baggage, the right? path and conditioning. Exactly. Can All your experiences form your beliefs. Your beliefs mm. form how you show up in the world. They create you. They formulate you. Yeah. And so I've had to go reprogram that because, look, if, like, if you want to be a better person, you have to release anger or emotions, jealousy, whatever that's stopping you from being the best person, right? Mm. How do you do that? Well, you've got to go back and process it. See where it's come from. See how you can change your perspective on it. That's all the shit that I do. And I'm like, mm. I'm going in there to do this, but I'm going to make sure someone's doing it for me mm. and someone who knows what he's doing. He's been Tim's been doing this work for eight years. And this work was profound. And so we went into the shadow. We went into, for those who don't know the shadow, it's like making the unconscious conscious um, and not demonizing the shadow for like not making it right or wrong is actually accepting it for what it's giving you so far in this life but mm. now like how can we harness the shadow to make us more powerful mm. not powerful in the sense of controlling but more powerful in the sense of innate internal empower empowerment mm. um so as we went on <laughs> the retreat man crazy <laughs> we did we did a lot of breath work yeah. Um, we did three shamanic breathwork sessions. We did a lot of uh, every morning. We did um, movement, animal movement, nature, uh, animalistic, so natural movement, moving mm -hmm. the body. I would open up the hips. A lot of men store a lot of tight, tight, tight emotions, and they have tight hips. Mm. They store a lot of emotions and and worry and stress in there. Um, so we opened them up every morning, and then we'd do discourses. The discourses were like. So for discourse is just like a receival of information. So mm. we sit down, we're in the yoga shala, and we just listen, and then we work through exercises, and then we would do whatever we would do exercises, like a lot of shadow work, or would have to if we were if something got brought up within us, say like we're talking about healing the we're talking about the ego, or we're talking about the the masculine and the feminine, and healing the masculine and the feminine is like mum and father type stuff, which is energy inside of us as well. Mm. <clears throat> Without going too deep on it. <clears throat> Sorry about that. I've got incense behind me um, <laughs> burning away and it's just wafting up in my face. It smells beautiful though. Very different than the smoke that you had wafting in your face like 10 years ago. Yeah. Now it's it like Nug Chumper. Like, yeah, Nug Chumper was like what I was having was what I'm having now, but before it would be Win Winfield Blues. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... Yeah, I sort of lost where I was at with this. Moment. Yeah, sorry, but you're doing discourses. Yeah, so discourses. Yeah. So if something came up, would you know, and we brought something up to the surface, and an emotion came up, and like I want to deal with this, so you put your hand up, you talk about it, and then if Timmy could see what I noticed with Timmy was if he saw something significant here, he would get you up in the middle of the room and he'd work through it. 
mm. and he has exercises to work through rage and like, I get goosebumps talking about it it's phenomenal mm. like I got up there at one point oh I, I think it was talking about so my big intention I'll just give you some context to this my two big intentions for this retreat when we went into the opening ceremony the fire ceremony was to release the need to control you me. the feminine you as in Danielle. you Danielle yeah. Ketterwell <laughs> Uh, in the little things that I'd noticed, we only just noticed recently, yeah. like what I was actually doing and I didn't make, it wasn't conscious of me. It was like little yeah. things like weren't hanging the towel up right to dry. Yeah, Luke or, is not controlling, but he's like very tidy, very, very clean. Yeah. And so he would always be, it's more like he was like picking on me, if that makes sense. It's like, oh, make sure you do this, make sure you do that, make yeah. sure you put this away. It was just all like housekeeping things, yeah, like just really like, weird things. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm not filthy, but like. You know, yeah. there's things that I can improve, but it was just kind of, and it, it was starting to bother me a little bit, right? Because, um, you know, mm. what, and what we talked about before we went in is that, you know, I do a, I do a lot. We both do, oh and I do a lot of do good lot. things, uh-huh. but I'm like, you, he's picking up the fact that I didn't fold the towel right. I didn't put the thing on the toothpaste the right way. I didn't mm-hmm. do this, but the fact that, like, yeah. I organized our accommodation. I paid the bills. I did the, you know, helped with the laundry. We went to shopping. Like, you know, all this other stuff, or, like, you know, not to mention all the work that I do myself for my business. I know. And, and he was, like, getting You're pissed at me for not folding the towel. I'm like, all uh-huh. you're focusing on is the bad, uh-huh. not focusing on the good. So yeah. anyways, that's but that's whatever. That's what I've, I've been doing my whole life. And then I realized... With the female. With the female. Yeah. That's what I've been doing my whole life. My last relationships, I was doing that. Um, I was making all the... I was, I was making sure I was the final decision maker and all that sort of shit. But then I realized that actually came from somewhere. And I said to Danielle, I said, when she made that drew that to my attention just before the retreat. She said, you know, you don't pick up on all the good things I do. And I just stopped in my tracks. And I was like, far out, I don't. I'm so sorry, because I know you do. Mm. Deep down, I know you do, but it hasn't been showing that. And so what came up in one of the discourses was that we actually, as men, are still running around as little boys because we haven't healed our wound with our mother. So a lot of issues that come up in your life, say with females or with males, whether it comes back to your mother and father's relationship as a child. Mm. That's, I can see crystal clear, but it's really hard sometimes to see it within you instead of seeing it within someone else as a coach or a mentor, Mm. which I can see it in everyone else like that. Like you talk to me about a problem you've got and I can trace it back to like exactly where it is if you give me half an hour. That's a gift I have, but I still can't do that for myself, which is the crazy thing. And you showed me that and I was like, oh fuck, that's coming from okay, my relationship with my mother. Mm. And even if my mum's listening to this, it's, this would be good for both of us, but we're quite open with this, is that we, my, my family, my upbringing was very challenging. It wasn't normal. It, we, had, uh, we grew up in a domestic violent household um, where my mum had to do a lot of fending for herself. However, that has come with some subconscious distaste for my mum and in the sense that I'm like, why weren't you there for me? And it's not like you've seen mum, mm. me and mum have conversations. We love each other and yeah. we have beautiful conversations. Yeah. But subconsciously, I still haven't forgiven her mm. for not being there for me. Yeah. And not actually like making me breakfast when yeah. she had to wipe her tears. Yeah. Or like walking me to school when she had to go for, for work after she'd just been beaten up the night before. Yeah. All it's- these little things that just subconsciously imprinted into me. And that was me not trusting the female. So I had to go and do all these things myself. 
So now when someone doesn't do the things that I, because I, I've learned, right, I've mm. learned how to do these things myself, I've got, mm. a, I've got a program, I'm conditioned to go, I know how to do this shit and I do it the right way. No one, no female or no nothing can do it the way I do it. Mm. And so all of a sudden you roll in and my girl, past girlfriends, Hayley and Demi, if you're both listening to this, probably shaking their heads up and down. <laughs> um, they know that I've got that in me. But now I've realized I was keeping you at arm's length in this relationship and not fully committing because I couldn't allow myself to forgive my mother. And so when we go into this retreat, we, I literally put my hands up and said, look, I know what I'm doing here and I think I've tracked it down to where it's coming from. My mother and Tim's like, yeah, jump up in the middle of the room. So there's like 14 guys in this retreat, right? Yeah. All from different walks of life and we'll talk about that in a sec. And you're like, oh shit, okay. <laughs> I've got to get up in front of these guys and like be really vulnerable. Scary. Very scary. And so I get up, middle of the room, close my eyes. Timmy guides me through this session of like talking to me what the feeling is, where it sits in the body, showing me how to like feeling around in my, my abdomen, my chest area, and like, okay, where is it? Show it, feel it, work into it, breathe into it. And then I ended up, he's like, just let it go, man. Just let it go and work it and feel it. I'm with you get goosebumps talking about this and then I just like roared at the top of my lungs like release deep anger deep anger and like six or seven times and I just was like oh, holy did you feel shit. like a weight was lifted off your shoulders yeah hugely and then you had all the guys around me in a tight circle by that point they all got up off their mats and sat around me and were, then they just like Tim does these amazing exercises to help you feel supported and nurtured so like say you didn't get hugged as a mum is like you get all your brothers around you and they all feel they all hug mm. you and like they're all just in like a big brotherly circle mm. and it's these acts like as you strip away that and, and make sense of that past emotion and trauma and then you add this new sensation of like love and protection and support it it does something magical mm. it rewires you to believe that you are supported because you are but mm. we've just been programmed that we're not yeah and that was huge that that's was just really like, beautiful whew. and i think like something that's really important to point out too is like there might be some people listening that are like oh oh that's really cool like you know and they, they feel for you but they're like oh well you know i had a pretty good upbringing i wasn't in a domestic yeah, violent yeah. relationship but you know me and my parents <laughs> got along well like i don't need to do men's work you know, I don't need to do a retreat like this or I don't have those deep wounds. Like, you know, what would you say to people or men like that that feel like in the sense of going to a retreat or doing the work to go deep on themselves mm -hmm. if they feel like, oh, well, I didn't go through what he did. I wasn't beaten up. I wasn't sexually abused. All these things are horrible. Great question. You're a great host. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So I'm going to take the mic from you. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> Feeling alive with Danielle Catawell. <laughs> <laughs> the whole rebrand. Yeah. Oh, shit. I have to go and get a job. <laughs> um, or I'll just be like your audio production assistant because I know how to do all the uploading. Yeah. Stuff. And I'll just be the yeah, face. Yeah, I'll double charge you. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, back on track. Um, okay, so... Let's just put it this way, straight and simple. Everyone's got baggage. Mm -hmm. Whether you had abuse, physical abuse, or whether you had verbal abuse, or whether you had two loving parents, doesn't denote the fact that you had some sort of issue in that, in that experience of your upbringing. And that could look like 
say there's different severities of it, say it's a spectrum, right? But the pain that you feel of, say, absence, abandonment, hurt, um, rejection, whatever, still processes the same way in the body. Mm. So whether you were rejected by your father or rejected by that girl you tried to pick up and then embarrassed in front of your high school friends, you still feel shame, right? Mm. So whether you've had a good life, you still show up in a way that represents your past experiences. Mm. And so there were people there that didn't have the same experiences as me, but they had a lot of pain. Yeah. What's that? And for those of you that think, you know, I don't need to do this work, well then ask yourself this, do you react emotionally? I'm not talking about like, when I say react emotionally, I mean, do you act with any negative emotions, with fear, with rage, with anger, resentment, with jealousy, with envy, jealousy and envy are a big one, with shame, with guilt, with fear, any of those? Then yes, you do need to do the work. That comes from somewhere. Mm. You were not born scared of the dark. You were born beautifully well aware of the dark room and you enjoyed it when you're in your cot you're born into a say you're born into this world you get thrown in a cot in a dark room door closed right got your baby monitor on Mm. you ain't crying and screaming until someone tells you about the boogie monster and then all of a sudden you want the nightlight on and all of a sudden you've got fear in your body and all of a sudden you go into your teen years still unable to turn to walk to the toilet with the hall, without the hallway light on. Yeah. And that is just an example of how we are programmed and conditioned from any experience. Um, and this work is not just for severe trauma. This work is for um, having rejection from your parents of like, you maybe subconsciously, this is the thing, we don't know how powerful our subconscious is. These memories um, like when I, the work that I do and the work that I see, the witness in this retreat is that when you go through these breathworks um, exercises and you go back to unprocessed trauma or experiences, there's stuff that you don't even consciously remember. Yeah. And all of a sudden it pops up and you go, shit, that's why that is the case. Yeah. And as soon as you process it, as soon as you go, okay, that's cool. How has that served me? What's the benefits of it? Because everything happens for you, not to you then something magical happens. Mm. And I think what's important to note on that sense too is like um, a lot of this stuff, not everything, a lot of this can happen in the first zero to seven years of our life, right? Mm. Which Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about that our brainwave state is in the theta brainwave state where we take on all the information from the environment around us. And because we are children and our brain is in this developing mindset, we cannot fully process why things happen and rationalize them with the um, ability that we have now. So like... An, an example that I used in my book, and a lot of this comes up with limiting beliefs as well, is that when I was four and a half years old, I became an auntie mm. and to my niece Malia, and all I wanted to do was to be a sister. Mm. And I asked my mom and pleaded with her if I could please, please, please be your sister, and obviously I couldn't, it just doesn't work like that, right? Mm. So my mom said, no, you're her auntie. And as a four-year-old, I go, oh my God, I'm not enough. You know, I, 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 I mm. like there's something in me that's not worthy of being an auntie. Obviously, that's not it's true. It's like such a small yeah. thing. Yeah, like and that, such a small thing. And that's, processes yeah, and that like way. becomes this little thing of, of trauma. And the thing is, as well, like that's no one's fault, right? Yeah. Like I can't blame that on anyone. Like no, that no. was supposed to yeah. happen. And I remember like a memory that you shared with me that, you know, and you've been through a lot of, of you know, very intense trauma, um, but a memory that you shared with me that came up for you that was really painful was when you saw your dad walking out the door. Yeah. 
you know, yeah. as a little kid. And, you know, that was, you weren't in, uh, you, your safety wasn't being jeopardized. Yeah. You know, you weren't in physical pain. Mm. Your dad was walking out the door. But that stuck with you so much because you didn't see him then for years. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you have to release. So it's like, even if people are not in the situations of actually um, having their safety and security um, be, um, oh my gosh, I forgot the word, but like, you know, being domestic violence or stuff, a sexual abuse or anything like that, we still all have shit that we need to work through, really. Yeah. And um, I think that's, yeah, I like answered your question as well. Yeah. <laughs> Co-host and the, ho- uh, and the guest. Uh, Host and the guest. See, that's how good you are. That's how good I am. That's okay, so another question that I have is, like, what were your hesitations or thoughts going in? Because I know that you brought something up, which is quite funny. I would like the, your first, like, day in the retreat or something. You're like, oh, God. And, or the assumptions that the stereotypical misogynistic men would say about men's work. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the gay orgy? Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was my thought that came up was, like, and this is the, one of the, sec- the second thing that I had to let go of was, like, the sexual shame of my life like because you know being a like i was very sexually active from like the age of 14. Mm. i remember losing my virginity at 14 right and um yeah sorry block your ears (laughs) mum um and so i was very sexually active from a very young age very just out there and so there were a lot of sexual experiences that i had to I, i had unprocessed in there and that was like very much haven't come to terms with. Mm. Um, and so I had to work through a lot of that shit in the retreat. And, and so one of the things that was very funny because like judgment is one of the, the, the wounded traits of the ego, right? It's like when we're not in our center and in our alignment and understanding who we truly are, then we judge, we blame, we deny, we project and we need validation and approval, right? That was one of the real amazing things that I learned from Timmy on this retreat. And so I had made all these judgments. I was like, fuck, this is like the first day. Okay, so the first day, let me just paint the picture for you. We're doing the opening ceremony and we're all... um, It was just like this amazing brotherhood moment of like everyone was like doing this like breathing thing, jumping up and down in the circle together and just like going, hoo, ha, hoo. And music's going, ha, hoo. Ah, it was, I got goosebumps in it. was fucking awesome. It's like insane brotherhood that was created mm-hmm. over that week. Uh, and so then all of a sudden we're all coming in really, 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 really tight. And I'm just like, shit. I was like, shit, am I in, a, am I in some sort of gay orgy cult? <laughs> that was a thought. That was a thought. And I'm like. Oh, God. Like, and then afterwards I was like, no, but that was my own shit that yeah. I'm projecting. I'm yeah. like. I don't want to be seen like that. I don't want to be seen like that. Like, yeah. But that, and it was like, it lasts like 30 seconds. And and then you realise, whoa, this is cool. Because mm. everyone's fucking in there. Everyone mm. just went all in from the start. And Timmy just came in and made sure we were all going in. Um, and so, yeah, that was my first thought. But then, you know, what's funny is like, day one, that's gone. No, maybe day two, that was gone. Because you could just see the power of this work. Mm. Of like you, I don't even. I would never think that. Question for those men listening: Have you ever done eye gazing with another man? Have you ever stand or just in general? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of people don't even just make with, eye contact with women. They think yeah. so. If you do it with women, like if an eye, if a man mm. goes eye to eye with a woman, you're like, oh, you want to bang me? 
like it's a sexual thing yeah and like when you do that you've you've literally got something projecting that sexual energy or that sexual mm. experience is coming back through that moment um but why can't it just be connection why can't it just be just being seen mm. a lot of us are scared to be seen so we start laughing when eye gazing happens and so when we roll in we're doing eye gazing um, and so like one of the first exercises was eye gazing with a stranger that I just met mm. and like I'm standing eye to eye like half a meter away from each other it's like can you that's intimidating yeah at the end we're sitting there screaming and in each other's eye faces like that looking like at the end of the retreat I'm doing that in his face in my mate's face and I had none of those projections that I started with mm. why because you learn to rewire this conditioned mind of ours you know you program reprogram something that's been conditioned to think a certain way mm. what happens if you just l reduce all those limits you remove them then you're limitless mm. that's that's this there you go the success formula for life I <laughs> yeah I, <laughs> releasing the limits why are people why are people especially men afraid to be seen um, afraid to be seen or afraid to be like you mean afraid to be seen so closely intimately like that yeah but see, seen physically and seen emotionally well I think one is because they've never been emotionally seen in their life and they've had to be the hard one the protector and two because social conditioning says if you look another man in the eyes you're gay mm. like, and the thing is it's the only time you do it you put your arm, arm around your mate is when you're drunk yeah. Or when and you're high. And you're not, and just to put it out there, like Luca's not homophobic or anything. Oh my God, not at all. N not anyways, at all. but I think there, there, that's just kind of a. This is social. So, yeah. Society's homophobic. Yeah. Not me. I'm yeah. representing society's homophobia. Unfortunately, a large portion of society is not everyone. No, not everyone. Sorry. I agree with you. Yeah, away there. you're defending what's listening. <laughs> but the world is changing now yeah, where it's okay. 100%. And that's the beauty. And mm. I really, I really admire that because everyone is just expressing their own true self, and those who don't, still in the closet, say, or just anyone who's not expressing their true self and saying, "I'm spiritual," or "I like this," and "I, I, I, I like doing this thing," acting a certain way because they're scared of what others will think. Mm. That's why people hide. That's why people are in depression and sadness and anger because they can't express themselves truly. This work unlocks that shit. Mm. Goodbye to all those <sighs> past beliefs on yeah. who you should be. Because you should be who you truly think you should be, not what others think you should be. Mm. True self-expression, I think, is what everyone's actually seeking without judgment. Can you imagine standing there? This is another great thing about this retreat, is that you're standing there and you're saying something from the bottom of your heart, releasing some experience from the past that you thought you'd take to the grave with you, and no one cares. <laughs> and like actually no one cares I've never experienced something like that until recently no one cares not in a way of like no everyone cares that you're no yeah. one cares about the severity of it in the way that you thought yeah they actually no just want to make sure you sense. feel safe and heard and protected yeah. dude I'm telling you why does anyone go to a counsellor why does anyone go to a mm. psychologist because they're non-judgmental because they just listen and mm. they help you work through shit that's what real friendship should actually be like. Mm. Yeah, that's really that, beautiful. That's what if you 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 have a projection or a judgment on someone that is just acting a certain way, carrying out carrying on a certain way, then how about you just stop? 
just open your ears and just hear what they have to say and just listen to them without trying to fix them. Because you probably find once they're heard, they stop talking about that shit. Yeah, and that's a big trait of, you know, I think we're both learning a lot more about masculine and feminine, but the masculine always tries. If you hear a woman share her problem, other women quite often listen. If you mm. share a woman hear, share her problem to a man, a man tries to fix it. Yeah. The woman only wants to be heard. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a lot of people. They just want to be heard. Yeah. They don't necessarily want a solution. They just want to be heard, and it sounds like that. Yeah, the, your, the retreat gave you such beautiful space to do that. And on another note, like what was, you know, people might be like, okay, cool. Well, I'm not like Luca. Like I don't, I don't have a podcast. So I'm not, you know, helping people through this. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe it's not for me. But I think you were the exception, right, out of um, on the retreat. You know, what was, what was like the ranges of, of people and socioeconomic status and mm-hmm. jobs and ages? Oh, and my God, so diverse. Like, you were kind of the only other guy or... Oh, I wasn't... I don't think I was the only coach. I'm just trying to rattle off. There was some healer. There was a healer. Billy, he was a healer. But he was also not full-time. He did that on the side. Mm. But he... Um, he worked as a like a in upper management for an aluminium uh, company, Alcoa, mm. and that was crazy. What what was everyone else like? So there was some farmers, one farmer, big Jamie. Um, there were there's a publican, an owner in Queensland, small Rick. One of my, one of he was in my pod, my group. He was a publican. Uh, in a small community in Queensland, there were a couple a heap of guys from Perth that work in the mines, fitters, mechanics. Um, business owners there was quite a few entrepreneurs actually two of actually my close mates out of that were they own their own business in Perth Focus AV and they've got some huge contracts they've, they've been best mates working together for seven years they've got huge contracts with Bunnings RAC and I think soon to be UWA hopefully they found out this week and they're, they're, they're just successful entrepreneurs mm. but they they were just loving this brotherhood loving this need to become a better man they were Mm. working through their own things Um, separation like separation and one of them was just to be a better man and hopefully take that energy into his business Mm. Um, far out so it's just for everyone really it's not like it's not for healers or coaches Mm. it's for humans or to say men Mm. just looking to be a better person Mm. and if you want to be a better person this work is essential it's not about um, having the to be a better person doesn't mean doesn't doesn't require getting up and having your your green smoothie every morning or um, although that will really really help. Mm. It's a collection of things and healing our past experiences so we don't actually get up, make our green smoothie, and react angrily with resentment at our partner. That is why this work is there. Yeah. Is so you don't you just get up in peace yeah. and you hug your wife you hug your girlfriend you hug your partner hug your boyfriend whatever it is and you just embrace them and love them and that's how we should be showing up Mm. with peace internal peace so diverse range very Mm. diverse range what was the common theme of what that you would say of people's revelations or people's um or sorry the men's like revelations or what they were Mm. releasing or what was the common need that you saw um revealed through the experiences and obviously like you know you have discretion to the experience that they went to but 
like was it that men like just want to be seen and loved or they have anger that they need to release or they feel like yeah, they okay. need to be there was a lot strong of anger. men you know yeah there was a lot of anger that was released yeah i think that's probably a predominant theme as men is like a lot of resentment um that's the one i won't speak of too many experiences just out of discretion but like a lot of it came back to parents came back to dads was a big one i remember in the first breathwork session like it was freaking loud of just crying deep yeah. crying if anyone's done breathwork out there you know exactly what i'm talking about but you've just got like men erupting just like boom yeah. and releasing so once you let this emotion go is why you say don't cry people say don't cry be tough you're literally holding in the molecules of emotion let that shit out. Mm. So cry. So like a big thing for men is actually being vulnerable and being seen like that and being emotional mm. and letting it out in a safe place. Um, but that was, yeah, that was the predominant one was anger and rage. Like mm. I remember some exercises where we're at, Tim does like a, like a physical exercise of where you, you've got to actually hold the arms back and like say like if I'm releasing anger, he, there'll be two people holding my arms back from behind me and then I'd have to try and force my arms forward and with so much rage and let out a roar. Yeah. And that was like, that was the first time I experienced something like that. That was really cool to just mm. let that go. Yeah. And like, yeah, so what were some of the other ways that you guys released that anger in a way? Cause it's, it's also like, mm. I guess in our society, it's kind of, intimidating to mm. see people release anger in that way obviously you guys did it in a safe space but anger is very much repressed mm. you know what i mean like don't be angry don't and obviously there's a difference between anger and violence right mm. you know when that anger is projected towards someone and creates harm and that that's a different story um but it seems like in general because violence is obviously we don't want a violent world anger is then suppressed yeah and what was like kind of the safe way that you as men could yeah, release yeah, that and like why you know, some people might be wondering, like, why do you have to release that anger in that way? Yeah. Why can't you just talk about it? Yeah, I think there's there's a physical representation to anger. And I think, you know, letting that out in that way that as men, like, being powerful, that letting it out in a way of, like, force and violence, because a lot of us do actually act on that anger and rage and take it out violently. And so I think that's what that represents. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone was so violent or, like, like I remember one big Kev, he was strong man. He was on the war horse. He was like taking a whole pack to bloody pull him back. Um, but the, one of the techniques that we used in that retreat was to uh, like every morning after we did our movement, our human movement sessions, we would um, do pummeling, which is a technique I've never done before. But it's like you come together with another guy and you like lock arms, and it's a wrestling technique. Mm. of where you're locking arms and you're trying to get your arms in a specific way under the like getting them wrapping around and under the other arm and that's how like you sort of, and you sort of got to block it mm. i've never done it before but it was insane like i mean you got two guys just wrestling like that trying to beat each other but then coming together afterwards to go like grabbing arms and going thanks brother that was awesome yeah and so that really helped us release that competitiveness or that need to just like win um not that that was the target it was just having that brotherly uh, competition. Mm. And then, so another one was, I think it was day, the, the second last day, which was the biggest day of the whole thing we did. Ice baths, which, the thing with this work, right, is like, we, instead of letting that rage out, this is about controlling it. 
and controlling the power. And so you you should be able to bring yourself in and out of a state mm. instead of just being uncontrollable in a state because someone else did something and you react uncontrollably. Mm. This one was about controlling it and you are in control of your own state. That's how it should be forever, right? No one, sh- you should be unshakable. That's the goal. So we did these exercises to get us into our center and get us into our power and get us into our state. And so then that day, that second last day, we did the ice bath first thing in the morning and we're like getting ourselves into that state. And it was like two degrees in this ice bath. It was the coldest That's ice so bath. Cold. For those of you who don't know, I started the cold water club. I, I did cold water immersions in, in Canada. Um, so I'm privy to a cold, like I've done a few Wim Hof courses. I'm privy to the cold, like yeah. I enjoy it. This, I did cold showers for a whole year in Perth, it got quite cold. But this was just, this tainted me. It was so cold and so mentally challenging. So mentally challenging. And that was the first thing of this day. This was about building our warrior energy. Mm. And then after that, it was like doing these exercises where you would have to do like 15, so you'd have to do say, the the sit-ups and push-ups, but you'd have to do 15, I think it was 20, 30 sit-ups. No, no, 30 squats. It was 30 squats. And then you would have to get down in a half squat and hold until Tim would say the next number to do. And then he, you would hold and you were just like burning, your legs are burning and everyone's just going like rah, like screaming at something's mm. burning. Then you'd go, okay, 20. And then you'd go do 20 squats and he's like all the way down. And then if you'd done your 20, you would hold the half squat again until he would say go. And so everyone's just there, just like crawling over. And then he would go to 10 and then he would go to five. And then when you do five and you think you're done after that, he goes, now another five. And so you'd have to do another five and then finish. And so it was like this not knowing mm-hmm. when to come, but then like when it was going to finish and uh, you would just release so much anger and like, cause your body is shaking and you're being held accountable and you're being pushed so hard like that that it's just letting this warrior out of like, I, mm. I can't do this, I can't. Uh, and you're like, they're forcing this warrior to mm. hang in there. And then after that was wrestling. Oh man, that one guy didn't break his ankle, but we thought he broke his ankle at the time. This was next level. So we're on the grass patch in Bali, right? And there we're learning all the different wrestling techniques. And so we'd have to go one, like just swap partners and for a certain amount of time until they yeah. said change. And you'd learn these wrestling techniques of like, having to like get one of the guys off you and like get get up off the ground and he'd be on top of you and um or like touching you'd have to like touch each other's knees and if you if you got touched on your knees you had to do like two push-ups or two sit-ups or something like mm. that and so we went through that whole period and that was like really fun and then I, at the end he's like okay cool now we're going to come into a tribal circle and we're going to fight and it was uh you would someone would call you out someone would go into the middle and say i'll call you out and so you wouldn't know who's going to pick you. And there's, I mean, one of the biggest guys there, Jamie from Queensland, he was huge. And so obviously he's not going to go out there and pick me. Mm. But like you just didn't know. There was all different sizes and you thought, I thought, yeah, cool, we're going to have one wrestle and that would be it, like check mm-hmm. the box. Yeah. I get into this wrestling, this ring, and I'm like watching people get called out and stuff. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I was like went out there and me and Steve – he, him and I found each other at all the wrestling like exercises throughout the whole period and all like the, the warrior exercises. It just mm. happened to be that way. We'd always just like lock eyes and find each other. And so I was like, well, it's a fitting, it's a fitting moment now to go call him out. So I went out and called him out and we wrestled and I had to literally, we were like standing upright 
and then we literally had to try and take someone to the ground and if you got taken to the ground you lost mm. right? but then afterwards you help your brother up and it's not about like normally you would me growing up if I got into a fight I got into a lot of fights growing up it was like I'm going to make sure I absolutely bash the shit out of you and then afterwards I'm going to look at you and laugh and walk away that's some of the fights that I used to get into at yeah. school right um, I'm getting fights with Aboriginals where I'd be getting called out by Aboriginals up in the Pilbara when I lived up there and like having to just not I just had to sit there and go fuck I've got to fight like I've got to fight because if I don't fight they're going to just own me mm. I remember at school like I just doing a side story here at school when I was in year six one of the Aboriginal boys called me out and said let's go toe to toe out in the schoolyard after school and I'm like fuck it alright why? Um, just because? I can't remember I think I might have done they might have just something might have happened and they I think I was it was might have been me who I was interacting with and they didn't like that yeah and they called me out but one of my best mates was Aboriginal up there Warwick Hayes and he was just like he was coming later after school happened lucky he was there because it was just one to one like there was no like ganging up or anything it was just one to one I was walking home I was like cool we've got to do this we've got to lay a few on each other and then we've got to go home I was walking home from school so, like, and as we go female, toe to toe. I just, like, don't get it. Yeah, I'm like, literally. So, in the <laughs> Aboriginal community, you literally put two two toes together, your, your foot together, toe to toe, and you're on. Like, you've wow. got your pose, and you're just, like, you're throwing punches, and you're dodging them. And so, your idea is to just draw as much blood as possible. And then I'm got halfway through this fight, and then my mate Warwick Hayes comes screaming over the back, and it's just like, fucking get off him now. Um, well, like... I don't even know if he said anything. He just come in and just went boom to this other like Aboriginal fella. And like for an Aboriginal fella to be sticking up, to be fighting another Aboriginal fella to protect a white boy, that was that was crazy. Yeah. And that's the bond that me and him had, me and Warwick. Yeah. And so like I had all these moments growing up and all these experiences, like if I've got to fight, I've like I've got to protect myself. Mm. Especially when I was in looking after my mum, like having mm, to be physically yeah. violent with my mum too. Sorry, with my stepfather. And so I had put that all to the side for many years. I was like, no, I'm not fighting anymore. I don't need to do that. But what Tim showed us is that this warrior energy needs to be harnessed. Not because he's like, he's not saying you go out there and you you fight, but you being able to hold your own space comfortably Mm. and confidently. But you should always talk yourself out of it. You don't go and then go, I'm going to knock the shit out of you, which a lot of people do in the pub and it is one punch victims type thing. You're just going to say, hey, bro, not tonight. But no, and if it went down and they laid the first punch, you got yourself covered. Like you can, mm. you can hold yourself. Mm. And that was the essence of this message. And so mm. anyway, back to the fighting ring in the, on the retreat, I called Steve out and we ended up going out of for ages and, you know, we were both on the ground, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, cool, done my first fight, no dramas. And then next thing is I get the big war horse calls me out. This is the guy that took, you know, a whole, the whole tribe of men to really hold him back when he was releasing anger. Yeah. And I'm like... And Kev looks at me and goes, Luca. And I'm like, oh, you're kidding me. In my head, I'm just like, are you serious? I'm like, okay, man. All right. And then I just, I was like, cool, let's go. I'm psyching myself up for this. Yeah. And we went for it. And he was a big unit. And, um, yeah, it was a really good wrestle. And I thought, cool, I'm done here for sure. Yeah. I'm done. Like two fights max, definitely done. Next thing, I get called out again. And I'm like, I literally go, what have I done to any, yeah. every one of you this whole retreat? Like, have I done something to you guys having to laugh? Have I offended you? And they're, they're laughing. And, um, yeah, I ended up going for three fights and uh, wrestles. And I was, I've, I've got head to toe in grazers. My whole back's just finally healing mm. now, but they were completely grazed up. I was brown from the dirt and the mud. 
but it was the most exhilarating exercise yeah. of so much power. And everyone was like, I've never fought. Some people were like, I've never fought before, and this is insane. Yeah. And like literally, we pump, we had our chests out like, we, like afterwards. That's the energy shift that happened. Mm. One, of the, yeah, one of the guys had the damaging ligament, but that was like one way that we could release yeah. anger. I can imagine that. Like, I'm sure some people, that that's kind of gonna, going to be controversial with some people because they... People are very obviously against violence and fighting, and the circumstance that you were doing it mm. in was really um, safe. And it's mm. not like you're, pr- it's not like anyone's promoting fighting no. or anything like that. But I think, you know, at it's least warrior energy. Yeah, and from my understanding, like you know, we we think of all of ourselves as cavemen, cave women. That's like what you used to have inside of you, and so bringing that up in a safe environment is a healthy way to do that. And like, mm. that's why control, control. And I think like. In in my sense, like as an athlete, I can kind of understand. This is why I think that sports are so powerful because it's like healthy ways to release yeah. those types of anger. Because I've had in my experience times where I felt rage and anger towards you know my coach or whatever, telling me like you know giving us this ridiculous workout or you know being unreasonable mm. or all this stuff, and I I could just let it out mm. in my movement. I just have so much power and aggression in my mm. movement that I could let it out in a healthy way. Not that I would be someone that would ever start a fight, but I think that's like yeah yeah be athlete being totally you know sports are such a healthy way to release that because it exists, we can't deny it as human beings. And just like anything, like emotions are energy in motion, we need to find ways to work through that, not yeah. just suppress it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, anyways, that's really, I find that really, really interesting. And I think, you know, this been really, um, you told, shared all the, the deepness of mm. the retreat. And I think something that I like that you were sharing with me, like when you got back is, it, from the sounds of it, like it's not like you guys were just like deep and sad and crying and fighting the whole time. Like you actually had the balance. Like yeah. if people are intimidated, they're like, "Oh God, I can't go that deep." Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it sounded like you just had a really healthy brotherhood on like both sides of it, not just the deep yeah. emotional work, yeah. but also like the joking, friendly energy. Oh, well, I think I I was from what I hear at the end of the retreat, it was uh, my my shit talking humor that, that pulled a couple of them through mm. um, and we'd get together for dinner and breakfast and, and lunch and all that or whatever. I was like, I always had the, the um, I was cracking jokes and just talking shit. Mm. And I think that was quite good. But yeah, 100%, like what I've realized is that it's about balance and it's about yeah. like not being so serious with this shit and just actually, I, I don't do it to be serious. I do it to be happy and fun and playful and joyful. Yeah. Um, that's why I do this work so I can have more of that because yeah. you can't be angry and, and happy at the same time. Yeah. So if I want to be more happy and have more jokes, I've got to release the anger and resentment that's stored in my body. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the first three days of the retreat, yeah, it was a lot of deep work. It was a lot mm. of deep sadness. Um, there was a lot of like just just like heavy energy Yeah. Of as everyone was working through it. But then the next three days were just like power, just mm. power, like that the last day was awesome at we went to this amazing waterfall in North Bali and did a um, just jumped under the, the, the holy water this waterfall's considered like a holy waterfall yeah by the um, Balinese Hindus and we were under that we drank the water from it then we had a fire ceremony on this beautiful land mm. uh, and it was just insane like just just coming together as mates and doing that hike together was just so cool because we were all just talking shit having fun having a laugh. And we realized we've just 
done something. Like if you think about the guys listening to this who've won like a grand final with their mates, imagine doing having that same energy and that same excitement mm. and brotherhood that you've in a sporting community or something. So without the alcohol, without the drugs, um, but just the same levels of connection. Because that's what people love, why people love just, team sports. And it's just going through the trenches together. Like, yeah. I resonate that with, like, my teammates. Like your Olympic team, are, right? They're my soul sisters. I'd do anything for them. You mm. know what I mean? And we got so close because we went through shit together. And the same, really, with mm. you guys, like, on the retreat. Like, you went through dark times together. And it's, yeah, like, and those dark times of vulnerability and, and difficulty, like, pull people together. And you have, like, sisterhoods, 100%. brotherhoods, just, like, humanship. Mm-hmm. you know together it's it's it was really it's really cool to see kind of the bonds that you have created and it's not all because i think you know we talk about the deep and heavy side of it all but it's not all of yeah. that and like <laughs> the the fact that like luke has gone through this has allowed you know our relationship and our life to have more joy it had yeah. a lot of joy before but yeah. just more so just because more. yeah you just get like get rid of the shit that's holding you back mm-hmm. you know from because that's all it is about I just have to share this this mm-hmm. like one thing that I I read in a um, book that I'm reading um, when Luca was away. Um, it was saying that the ancient Egyptian kings and queens they believed that when they crossed over, you know, to heaven or the other side or whatever, they would be asked two questions, right? Mm-hmm. And the questions were, did you have joy, and did you bring joy? Mm-hmm. And that just hit That's me so. Questions intensely because I'm like wow what questions to live by and to have that joy you need to release the shit that's holding you Mm. back from the joy doing the stuff that you Mm -hmm. were doing releasing all of those negative thoughts limiting beliefs all of those heavy emotions to be able to feel more joy because that is what life is about and the more that you feel joy the more that you can bring joy you know to other people's lives yeah it's magnetic and it's also yeah people feel that it's a great question great great questions to ask yourself yeah. like have even just at the end of each day not when you cross over yeah. did i feel joy and did i bring joy mm. like at, at the, before you get tucked into bed each night mm. that that is that is the essence of life what i realize it's holding on to things of the past un you know unfinished business not forgiving someone for their thing blaming someone rejecting someone denying someone that is just unnecessary weight Mm. ask yourself this can i be happy and angry at the same time Mm. no so look at what you can do Mm. look at what you can do to heal this shit i do this shit one yes for me to live a better life it's always for me but if i show up differently if i release these emotions which are magnetic so murphy's law law of attraction like attracts like what exists in us exists outside of us right so if we've got a lot of shit outside of us right now, we've got the cars dying, we've got bills piled up to the freaking eyeballs, we've got, uh, we're losing our job or someone's mm. picking on us at our work or our relationship's crashing, you've got to look at what's crashing inside of you. Mm. That's the essence of it. If you've watched The Secret, I harp on about this every opportunity on social media. I've got a five-day training on this shit. If you are having issues outside of you, it's because you've got issues inside of you. If things aren't working outside of you, things aren't working inside of you. There's, there's an exact correlation to the outside world to the inside world. Mm-hmm. And so this work is about fixing the inside world so your outside world changes dramatically mm. for, for the better. There's no resentment. There's no jealousy. There's no envy. That's the enlightened being. 
I mean, we're all, whether we want to or not, we all want to live a better life. Mm. And so you look at Buddha, you look at Jesus Christ, they're all the enlightened beings coming here to teach us an example, coming from the same place. Yeah. And so where can you look at your life and say, how can I enlighten that area of my life more? Mm. And I think as well, like something I was listening to this podcast today and it was, if you can't do it to your, for yourself, or if you're actually in a place, which some people are unfortunately, where they don't have the motivation to do it for themselves, to do the work for themselves, who can you do it for? Is mm. it your mom? Is it your partner? You know, is it your um, children? You know, yeah. future children? Like, if the, if taking the first step to doing the emotional work to feel more joy is so hard that you don't have the motivation to do yeah. it for yourself, find someone that it's worth for because we are going to change the lives of our future children having yeah. worked through the emotional stuff 100%. that we have so that we don't project that onto them in the future. Yeah. And this is to say that none of the things that I've experienced, I blame or not at all. A, at all. So like They're your greatest blessings. They are my greatest blessings, but it takes a while to you to see yeah. that. It takes a while to go, oh yeah. fuck you. Like, why'd you do that to me? Mm. It's to you actually look at it now and go, thank you, because I wouldn't be in this, in this on this trajectory now without those experiences. But it's actually truly knowing that and going, thank you so much. Because some of us can say, what I was doing for a long time, it's on the surface level, is going, oh, it's okay, like what happened was, was great. Like, I, uh, like that happened for me, I understand that. And it's like this different level, but deep down it's still unprocessed. Because mm. un- unconsciously in the subconscious, it still exists as pain. Yeah. And not until you go in there and just feel it and make it conscious again. So I'm not blaming anyone in my life, especially not my mother for having affected me in a negative way. Everything has affected me in a positive way. Everything has affected me in a positive way. That's what everyone needs to realize is they need to take rapid responsibility and complete ownership of their life. Mm. Complete ownership of their life. Mm. That's hard for some people to do because they're gonna be like, oh, no, well, hey, my dad did this to me my cousin did this to me you know in the very heavy sense how can you how the heck can you say that that person that raped me that was for me you know mm. how the hell can you say because i was sexually abused as a child was that for me how dare you that's what some people would be thinking in that statement right mm-hmm. how dare you say that 100%. And what would you say in response to that that's a I mean, that's a journey that's a good question that's a big question that's a that's a very long journey yeah, I'm 29 and about to turn 30. A lot of this shit that happened to me was from uh, nine until I, uh, nine till about tw- 19, a lot of it, right? To 10 mm. years, say 10 years of like deep shit that was happening. That, I'm still, I'm, I'm still processing that. Yeah. That's, that's 20 years ago. I'm still processing it. So don't think that you have to have it all figured out from day one. So if you are, like if you had had sexual abuse, you're not gonna from like, if it's fresh, like one year fresh, you're not gonna go and see the benefits of it straight away. You're not gonna go, oh, how did this happen for me? You're still gonna be like, fuck you. But just believe that there is a purpose behind it. Just believe Mm. there is purpose in pain. How can you transform that experience to help others? How can you transform that experience to work for you? 
a lot of people don't even look at it as if it can. Mm. It's the same way when people look at it um, as the glass is half empty. Yeah. And they are comfortable in that victim mentality because it gets them attention. So when someone's complaining all the time, poor me, poor me, you're actually getting a lot of attention. Mm. You go, why did, why did you need that attention? Because your mum and dad didn't give you attention. So now you need this external validation or nurturing from other people. So why would you want to get out of that need to, or that, that um, complaining victim mentality? Mm. Why? It makes you comfortable. Because you're actually never going to have a whole relationship outside of you if you're still in that state. Because you're going to be needing something from someone always. Mm. Always taking from someone. And that's draining. And you're never going to realise your true potential and your true power in that state. Be whole within without anyone else outside of you. How can you do that? Mm. That's a journey. It's a process. Get yourself a friggin' mentor. Get yourself a coach. Get yourself one of those Tony Robbins courses. And a lot of people say as well that have kind of have transcended it and moved through it. You know, like I, I remember someone asked Oprah what's the greatest thing that has ever happened to her and she said it was her sexual abuse as a child. Yeah the greatest thing that's ever happened to her because her life became so grand and beautiful because wow. of that. Imagine that, eh? You know, and imagine if we all had those perspectives. The things that are going to happen are going to happen anyways, but mm. we have two ways to look at it. Mm. And we can look at it through the positive lens or the negative lens. But also, you know, on and through obviously the reflection of your retreat, you can still look at it in a positive way, but you need to feel through the emotion yeah. that was the painful experience. Yeah. You know, so it do, we're not just saying happy go lucky. Let's always find the yeah, positive. Yeah, yeah. Like this is great because that can also it's be toxic point. positivity. Totally. It's you can see the benefits of it, see the beauty of it, but still feel the pain of it, yeah. and that's okay. And once you feel the pain of it, and you are on the other side, you know your life starts to shift. Totally. Here's the thing that was big in the retreat was that we all think that you need to go and be positive and you need to go and be happy and you need to go and look at the light and the love and all that sort of beautiful stuff. Love and light. But you miss, that you avoid and you reject. It's called spiritual bypassing. You reject the fact that there is something underlying that. Mm. And so you go, no, no, I'm okay. This is what the positive people do when they know they've got shit, but they don't want to ignore, don't want to, um, they don't want to acknowledge it, is that they say, it's okay. I'm good. It's all good. No, no, no. No worries. That's denying the fact that there's an issue there. You're mm. trying to bypass the problem. Actually sit there and acknowledge it. Actually sit there and feel it. You've actually got to feel the darkness to mm. understand how it served you. Mm. Once you feel it, once you understand, you see it again. And you go, okay, cool. How did this happen for me, not to me? Process that. Bam. Mm. Gone. What do you think are your three biggest takeaways from the treat that retreat that can help other people <sighs> let's, in their let's lives. go to the biggest takeaway the biggest takeaway was that um, m- men and women in general not just from the retreat but I've re- realized is that we are just seeking connection and acceptance the fact that 14 other men came together and from all diverse range ranges of locations and jobs and careers and experiences came together and created the strongest brotherhood I've ever seen in my own personal life was beyond me. Realizing that everyone out there just wants to be seen, heard, accepted and belonging. 
And so that was my number one takeaway. When you see brothers come together and just form strong bonds where they do absolutely anything for you. Um, Other big takeaways, I think, was that this work is really, really, really essential. Because when I first rolled in, I was like, oh, what sort of stuff do they have? They don't look like they're carrying too much issues. This, then you realize, whoa, shit, everyone's got issues. So the another, the, another big takeaway was that this work that I do personally and the work that I, like seeing this work that Tim does in this retreat is so essential. Helping people step through their shit, their pain, finding purpose in that and actually evolving it. Evolving it so much that we don't feel it anymore in the way that we used to is that we own it and we accept it and it is respon- we're responsible for it um, and then I say the third one was for me um, the biggest the third biggest takeaway was that I actually have a lot of knowledge and information to share um, I think so yeah thank you <laughs> But just hearing that from others and like noticing that when I would speak, I would be heard and I'd be and people would be listening and I just realised I was like shit. I've actually done some work and I know some shit now. Like mm. it was really cool. Um, and I, I coming from a place of like me needing external validation and approval from outside of myself from other people was. I released that, right? Like I released a big part of that because it was kept coming up. I was like, shit, I keep trying to justify myself every time I say something because I want to be accepted and and approved. Mm. But just saying it, it's like, how can you say something, right? How can you say something without needing to justify it? How can you just like, because we want to make people know, like feel what we want to be, how we want to be perceived. Yeah. So I'll say something to you that makes me look good, but I'll word my, the, the, the conversation in a specific way. and realizing that hey I've actually got power I don't need to explain myself I don't need to keep people pleasing Mm. I just need to do it and I could see myself so that was another big takeaway Mm. yeah that's really powerful yeah so I I, I guess I guess what I'm really just working towards here is that this healing work is essential Mm. and like as well you know, I think I've said this before but I really admire you and I want people to know that you know you you do the, he Luca walks the walk and talks the talk like mm-hmm. he's going deep himself and sharing as well and whoever you choose to be inspired by or follow because there's so many beautiful people out there doing amazing things like um, I hope that people continue to find others that are embodying what they teach what they teach you know um, and there's many people out there doing that and there's many people that aren't but yeah, yeah, we've come I'd, across a few. few yeah, and just on their journey. yeah, be be aware that whoever you aspire to be like is an embodiment and is doing the work themselves. And yeah. you know, I think you going on retreats like this, and you know, this isn't the only thing. Luca does this stuff all the time, um, as well as sharing is really powerful. And if people want to are interested in the brave. Um, uh, men, if men are interested in the brave, like where do they go? What do they do? You can see and when's Tim, the next one? Yeah, Tim Morrison on Instagram, um, and I just did a podcast with him. It's the episode before this. You can see it in the show notes in that episode, and it's I think it's coming up in August. He's going to do another one. I think he's doing two a year. Cool. Um, epic, epic stuff, guys. Get on there. I think the next one's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot more people than what was here in this one. Um, yeah. It's just getting more popular and getting popular. Bigger. But also. Um, I think what I was going to talk about was that, 
you know, I heard a, I was watching a Tony Robbins video on YouTube the other day, and he he is the ultimate coach, right? The ultimate life coach. He's packing out stadiums oh, to yeah. do his talks Amazing. and helping people. The stuff that we talk about on this podcast and on our social media is the stuff that Tony Robbins has been doing for years. Is what I'm re- what I'm realizing. Like he is actually the most um, the I would say the most experienced life coach out there, mate, on a grand scale. Like yeah. just the making most probably widely known. most prominent, the yeah. most prominent. Say, and then I I heard one of his comments was that when he was doing an interview with Russell Brand, he was saying that I treat this as if I'm an athlete of my sport, and he wakes up. And he doesn't want to get in the cold plunge pool that he's got in one of his houses. He doesn't want to get in the cold plunge pool, which is, I think it was just above zero. But he does it anyway because he knows his mind is not in control. It's Mm. his soul that's in control. And so he does it and he jumps. And so what I realized and what I really appreciated with that comment was that we do things, you and I, personally, in our own lives that make us uncomfortable on the daily. Mm -hmm. There's things that we don't want to do. We're pushing ourselves to the edges, yeah. always. I did one year without alcohol. I did one year cold showers. Yeah. Um, we left and took the leap to come over here. The three-day fast last we week. We did a three-day fast last <laughs> week. We did the five-day fast in, yeah. uh, last Even year. Even this morning did a run that I really didn't want to do, but you kept me accountable. Yeah, she asked me if I could be her um, running coach, say, with because she's a swimmer. I'm, I can't swim to save my life. Well, I can just swim to save my life. Mm. I'm a runner and I'm really good at it. DK I, yeah. needs some support in the running. So she hit me up last night and says, I need someone to push me. Would you come running with me tomorrow? And I said, I'd love to. And like, I mean, if, for those of you who don't know me or haven't spent time with me, I'm a, like if someone asked me to do something in that aspect of coaching, I go <laughs> coach did. 100. Because I knew that I, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, I knew that having someone to keep me accountable would make me go there. Mm. I grew up in a team sport. I like being coached. I like I th- everyone likes having someone to be accountable to. That's mm-hmm. why people get coaches. That's mm. why people join masterminds. That's why people, you know, have like-minded friends and they have these discussions. And I knew that if he was there, I would achieve the goal that you I would. It. Yeah. And yeah. And so um, yeah, just. And not, yeah, I guess what you're saying as well is you're, you are so much greater than, than what your mind thinks that you are. Mm-hmm. You, what you can do and achieve is so much greater yeah, than what your mind thinks. And don't step away because of fear. Mm-hmm. Because fear in the projection of the future is false. Mm-hmm. False fear, evidence appearing real. Yeah, fear in the present moment when you're talking about your personal safety, that is the only fear that we should actually listen to. But most people let their lives be dictated by the fear mm. of the future. And if you allowed your life to be dictated by the fear of the future, you probably wouldn't have gone to that retreat and had yeah, these breakthroughs. 100%. I wouldn't have done so many of the things in my we life. We wouldn't be in Bali. We wouldn't be in Bali. So if you have fear in your life and it's fear in the projection of the future, it's something that's going to happen that isn't in the now, Remind yourself that that is just yeah, just lean into not it. real. Lean into it. Lean into it and step through it, and you will come out on the on the other side a much greater human being. Yeah, truly. Get yourself a get yourself someone that you can be accountable to. Mm. Partner, coach, mentor, whatever. Get them, and have them help you work towards your dreams, your visions, your goals. Yeah. Get them pushing you. Because you have greatness in there. You have a, an extreme potential. 
to fulfill something greater than you've ever imagined mm. only if you choose to go there only mm. if you choose to take that first step take that leap because you know me putting me putting myself out there on this podcast me putting myself out on social media danielle putting herself out there um, writing her book and putting all her story out there and becoming the olympian takes courage one thing and that's courage courage to step into that new self that new potential that highest version of yourself that does exist mm. right now but you are too scared to go out there let me tell you if you go out there it'll show up you'll see it and you'll step right into it there's just so many people out there that have so much greatness inside mm. of them like every every single human being has greatness inside them i truly believe that whatever you've been through whatever your capabilities are there's something in you that is special but the only way that you're going to get there is when you realize it. Not mm. when anyone else gives you validation, not when you're pushed in or given a promotion, or not when someone else believes in you. It's when you realize it, to believe in yourself and can take continued action, you will get there. And that's what we have chosen to do in our life. And we choose mm. to inspire in other people because we just freaking believe so deeply in the greatness of this world and yeah. want to be a small part in helping this planet get there. Yes. We'll do our part. We'll Maybe do our not part. a small part. Our part, yeah. Do our part. That took a bit of a tangent. Yeah. Anyway, we will wrap this up, yeah. this episode. Hope that you guys have enjoyed. Has been brought to you. By Danielle By Danielle Kettlewell. <laughs> sponsored by the Unlikely Olympian <laughs> book. Get it on Amazon. Um, I hope that you guys enjoy our um, joint chats. I'm, I'm really I'm really enjoying it. I'm like, when are we doing the next one, Luca? Yeah. So um, let us know. Hit us up if you if you like this or if you like Luca's you, regular podcast. Yeah, what do you want, what do you want yeah, us to what, talk about? We've got topics we got, for the end of our day. Yeah, left and right of our relationship or what it's like traveling or, you know, all mm. the stuff that Luca's been through or crazy stories or whatever. This podcast is really about helping people feel alive from within. Mm. That's essentially... Uh, why I do what I do because I realize that you know all the substances and all the external tools that we have to try and make ourselves feel whole outside of ourselves distract us Mm. is actually all within us when we choose to heal and and find that wholeness so like everything I talk about on this podcast will always be about you finding wholeness and feeling alive from within not from a Saturday not from a big night in the city on a Saturday it's about having that with that having having wholeness and feeling alive before you pick up the alcohol before you pick up the takeaway food it's just that's the essence of what this is about mm. so whatever you want us to talk about to help you feel more alive or where you're lacking you're feeling a little empty tell me email me you can email me at feel alive at luca com. l-u-k-a-r-e-e-d-y.com email me what you would like support on help on and i can potentially draft up a podcast for us to get onto with that amazing and on that note i think that we should wrap up yeah anyway beautiful have an absolutely amazing day thank you for listening sending you so much love and joy out there (laughs) yeah and keep doing what you're doing keep taking that one you're doing a good job until next time adios thank you so much for listening to the end I'm incredibly grateful to share these magical lessons and experiences with you here. Please, if you can do anything right now, adopt the takeaways that our guests give you in each episode and use it in your life and share it with your loved ones because that's what matters. And remember this, Socrates once said, the secret to change is to focus all of your energy not on fighting the old, 
but on building the new. It's time to wake up, my friends.